This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. Now let's get on to the episode. Concert season is fast approaching, and that means you have tons of challenges coming up. I'd like to help you with that. I've developed the Concert Season Playbook, especially for you. It's everything you need to know to survive concert season. What do you need to do to get it? Just go to storiesthatsing.net forward slash concert playbook. elementary music teacher who's frustrated and overwhelmed? I'm Jeanette Shorey, a happy music teacher who loves teaching every day, but it wasn't long ago I was in your shoes. Join me Wednesdays to help you find happy in your music classroom. So it's April. You probably have, I don't know, maybe two months left of school And your students are starting that really random behavior, especially your fifth graders who are checked out. They are already middle school kids. They are right there. And let's add a little more fuel to the fire. It's testing season. Most of us are going into state testing And this is a super hard time for music teachers. That final stretch of the school year is already like a circus, complete with the clowns and the elephants. So you're already dealing with any number of challenges. And then you add state testing into the mix and you've got extra challenges. Today we're going to address seven challenges that you may be having during state testing time and some tips on how to solve them. Number one, are you actually teaching during this time or will you be monitoring the hallway or proctoring? So if you're monitoring the hallway or proctoring, that means you're going to be out of your classroom for at least a few hours during the next couple of weeks or maybe that some classes are going to be missing music if you're teaching. So the best strategy in either one of these cases is to use what I call a fluffy lesson. This is a lively and captivating activity that's going to be pure fun with some review mixed in. So we don't want to just go crazy hog wild and not do any teaching, but we also don't want to teach anything new because at this time of the year, especially during testing week, your kiddos' brains are going to be tired. And that means it's going to be extra challenging to even try to spoon feed them some extra knowledge. So I say do a fluffy lesson. Again, this is something that is fun and active. The best part is that it's not part of a unit, so it's not going to matter if some classes miss it and some classes get it. An example would be my bouncy ball activity. This is a lesson that's perfect for outdoor learning. It's got a review of basic note names and note values, and your students will get to toss and bounce a ball while they enjoy some gorgeous spring weather. Now, pro tip. Did you hear me say weather instead of weather? Gorgeous spring weather. Hopefully you are getting the gorgeous spring weather and you're not getting the rain like we've had here in Alabama for the last 
three or four days. So a pro tip here, you do not want to call it a ball or balls. You want to call it a bouncy ball for obvious reasons because otherwise you're going to get giggle, giggle, giggle even with your third graders, sometimes even with your second graders. Your littles, that's going right over their heads. But I have gotten into the habit and the way that I did this is I went to the PE coaches and I was like, I don't know what to do because every time I say balls, my kids start giggling and they were like smiling and they're like, yeah, that's what happens. What you need to do is you need to call it a type of ball. So tennis ball, bouncy ball, basketball, never just the word ball. So that is a pro tip for you. So this bouncy ball activity is perfect for a fluffy lesson and you can get it free by joining my email community. All you have to do is click the link in the show notes. You're going to receive that free lesson plan plus two more storybook lessons. So that is a great way to give yourself three done-for-you end-of-the-year lessons that will not tax your children's brains and will also give you a little bit of non-thinking time as well. So that is number one. Number two, will your schedule change? There's really nothing you can do about this. Your classes are going to probably come at some random times. Your schedule's probably going to be all over the place. And this is where positive mindset comes in. Be like Elsa and let it go. In other words, go with the flow. Try not to let the schedule changes bother you. Try not to, you know, put pressure on yourself to get everything done that you would normally done. Now, here is another pro tip. If you are planning to use instruments, which I highly recommend, but not those instruments where you have to do a lot of talking, instruments like rhythm sticks or maracas, something that your kiddos are gonna know how to play right away, what I recommend doing is use the same instruments for every grade level. I tend to try to do that anyway, and right now it's a little bit easier because I'm only teaching fourth and fifth, but even when I'm teaching at my school where I've got pre-K all the way through eighth grade, my middle school kids, I'm gonna change up what I'm using for them, but with my littles all the way through probably fifth grade, almost always, I use the same instrument because that way I don't have to worry about passing out instruments, collecting instruments, all that good stuff. Plus, it saves some time and it saves some headaches. So that is my pro tip. And then what I like to do is I add new songs and movement to the activities, different songs and different movement for each grade level. For example, sometimes I'll have kinder and first share. Pre-K can sometimes share a um, an activity like all the way through the song, the movement, the whole deal. Once I get to second grade, second and third grade can share. Fourth grade, it depends on the fourth grade. Fifth grade, I'm going to do something different with them because fifth graders are kind of off by themselves on their own little level. Challenge number three, your kiddos are going to be off of their regular schedule. And we know that students work so much better when they're structured and when their schedule is exact, precise, 
the same every day of the week. When their schedule is what I like to call hippity-dippity, then they get hippity-dippity too, which is not good. So you can't control what's happening in the rest of the classroom. And then a lot of times what happens is like, Teachers will pass out donuts before or um, they, those, you know, smarties that, that, you know, help the students get into that mindset of being smarties, that kind of thing. So they're going to be a little sugared up and that's going to be challenging as well. So since things are going to be hippity dippity every place else, your classroom should be as structured as normal. So if you keep things very structured in your classroom always, which I highly recommend, then definitely you want to keep things structured on those days as well. The testing days, it's super important to keep things going the same way. So for example, with your littles, if you start with a hello song and then you start with a steady beat activity and then you go into singing and they get to keep the steady beat on different body parts and then maybe you do another steady beat activity with students walking around the room or maybe you're doing a fast or slow activity, I don't know. And then you sit them back down, you get them calm because the key when you're doing movement is when you sit them back down, it should be a calming time. So read a storybook or do some uh, mirror game, which is where you do some very slow movement and they have to mirror you. Whatever you need to do to get your kiddos calm again and then maybe do one more activity and then it would be time for your goodbye song. So however you normally structure your day, that is how you should structure your classes even during testing. It's going to help your kiddos feel more comfortable. It's going to positively affect their behavior and as it's going to affect their behavior in a positive way, it's going to affect your day in a positive way too. Number four, your kiddos may not be allowed to get outside and run around and burn off the crazy. This is a really big deal, especially your littles, because if your big kids are testing and your little kids aren't allowed outside to play and they're not allowed to make too much noise, then they're not going to have time to shake off those sillies, as it were. So they are going to need some outdoor run around and be crazy time, even more than your big kids. And they may be extra quiet during class time. They may be having to be extra quiet. So they are going to be affected. So what you wanna do is you want to choose activities for your littles that are easy to do, and involve lots of active learning. If you'd like to see an example of this, go to storiesthatsing.net forward slash blog. That's where my blog lives. And search for behavior management for littles. This is going to give you a rundown on exactly how I structure my classroom activities for littles. So we change activities every maybe five minutes usually no more than that and I keep it moving really fast and we do lots of movement and we do lots of I do you do modeling sort of activities echoing sort of activities so but the key is to keep it moving so one of my favorite things to do is when we have this kind of testing going on I like to do red light green light stop 
and I have a special musical version of Red Light Green Light Stop that involves the note names and values and that sort of thing. And if you would like to have that, please make sure you go to my show notes and I will have a link to that. So that is number four. Number five, students who are testing are going to have brain fry in a big way. So your kiddos, your big kiddos who are testing are not going to be willing or to be honest, able to do anything that involves a lot of thinking. Do not bring out your ukuleles and try to teach a new chord or bring out your recorders and try to teach them new notes. This is a really bad idea. It means that your activity is going to crash and burn. And that is the last thing that you want to do. So you don't want to start a new unit. You do not want to start doing any new learning. And you want to be very, very careful about that. So think fun, active activities with very little talking on the part of you or your kiddos. And I'm going to have some great suggestions for testing week shortly. Number six, what rules should you follow when designating lesson plans for testing week? So you want to be really careful because many of the normal strategies that you use are not going to work because your kiddos are done. They are, it's the end of the year, as we've talked about, their brains are tired, their bodies are tired because they've worked their brains so hard, and they are not going to want to do much of anything. I mean, legit, a lot of teachers, a lot of classroom teachers will do, you know, random activities, put on a movie, you know, take them out for extra recess, all that good stuff to kind of get them back into the mode of being normal kids after a testing day. So here are the rules you need to follow. First of all, review only. Don't do any new learning. Take an inventory of what you've done so far and Decide what your kids really need for review and then pull out your most fun activities and use them for review. If you don't have fun activities, be sure to check my website, storiesthatsing.net forward slash shop. That will be linked in the show notes as well. And you can find some fun activities that don't require too much thinking. Again, no thinking. Your students are brain fried. They're not going to be able to do any major thinking. And testing for them is going to be difficult. It's going to be challenging. It's going to be stressful. Even if they're good at taking tests, they know these tests are a big deal. The third thing you want to focus on is high engagement. Your students should be having the best day ever in your classroom and during testing week. So bring out your fun manipulatives. You bring out your stretchies, your monkey noodles, your bouncy balls. Do a, um, a basketball activity. If you search on YouTube, you can find basketball rhythms all over YouTube. Anything that is easy and fun, do a fun meet and greet. Do anything where the kids are moving and they're very engaged. Think about the, and you can even do repeats. Think about those lessons where your kids were like, oh my gosh, that was the best, most funnest thing ever. 
And that should be the thing that you do. Repeating is good because repeating is, first of all, good review. And second, if your kiddos love it, they're going to love it the second time too. In fact, they may even love it more. The next thing you want to focus on is don't do too much teaching. Don't do too much talking. If your lesson has five minutes of talking time, then I would rethink it. I would re- I would recommend really no more than a minute of talking, five minutes of active learning, <laughs> active learning, active learning, another minute of talking, five more minutes of active learning. So and, and if you can get away with barely talking at all, that's even better. Like I love to during testing time, just point to things and, you know, do do like body motions and things like that because that gets them really keyed in on what you're doing as well. So that's kind of a fun way to teach for you and for them. And finally, nothing too noisy. That is an extra challenge, of course, but your school is going to be in quiet mode. And so that would not be the best time to bring out your bucket go- drums, your gongs. Um, you want to think egg shakers, maracas, sand blocks, anything that is quiet because otherwise you're going to have somebody knocking. Usually it's going to be like the principal or the assistant principal or something like that going, um, excuse me, but you're supposed to be quiet. We can hear you all the way down the hallway. So not a good thing. I have number seven for you, and that is exactly what should you teach. So I love to use steady beat activities. For example, learn a song that they love, or I should say review a song that they love, and then you can do body percussion to the steady beat, and then you can add movement to the steady beat, and then you can do a quiet instrument to the steady beat. So that is one thing you could teach. You could use your fun manipulatives. So get out your scarves, get out your monkey noodles. I the Monkey noodles are those um, stretchy things that, and I'll link, um, I'll put a picture in the show notes for that to help you know what they are, but they're like anything stretchy. So I love to use like the bigger monkey noodles. I actually, what I did is I took my monkey noodles and I did this right in front of my kids and it was, I wish I had videoed it because it was the most hysterical thing ever because I took the monkey noodle and I hung it and I um, folded it in half and then I cut it and they were like, and then I folded it in half again and I cut it again and they were like, and then I folded it again and they were like, no, and I was like, yes, and then we cut that one in half. So it was a really good visual because you know that your whole notes are your half notes are exactly half of your whole notes in value. You know that your quarter notes are exactly half of the value of your half notes and et cetera, et cetera. But what I do with those monkey noodles is I'll use the longest version for whole notes and then I'll use the half for half notes, et cetera. And I'll give out each group, like I'll have a group that has whole notes, a group that has half notes, quarter notes, double eighth notes, and then we'll do some reading and we'll use our monkey noodles for that. Get out your streamers, get out your canopy scarves, your bouncy balls, your bean bags, anything you can do where, and I'm going to give you a pro tip here. This may not work for you, but it works really, really well for me. Literally in any school I've done it, 
If you have something soft, instead of walking around and passing them out, I love to toss them to my students. And I will say to them, if you keep your self-control, this works really well. But honestly, I usually don't even have to say that. I just start tossing and they think it's the silliest thing ever. And it's so much fun for them. And they're so like blown away that I'm throwing something at them that they don't actually do anything. They just kind of hang there and, and wait because they're like waiting for their turn. So it's pretty cool. If they lose your, their self-control, then you can be like, oh, this is what I do. Okay, silly Miss Shory is going away and serious Miss Shory is now going to pass you your instrument or whatever it happens to be. So that's kind of fun. Rhythm play-alongs or body percussion play-alongs are fantastic. There are so many of them on YouTube at this point, and they are the best thing ever. They're a really good way to get your kids reading rhythms, and nobody has to think too hard. A lot of them are kind of longer, so normally you wouldn't want to do something super long, but it's the time of the year where I'm giving you permission Miss Shori is giving you permission to do something a little longer that's easy. That is okay. Do some centers. So if you have centers that you found on TPT, and if you haven't found any centers on TPT, I wish I developed some, but I have developed none. So you can go on to TPT and find like rhythm centers, instrument families of the orchestra. I mean, literally anything you can find review centers and what I like to do is actually this is this is not my idea this was um, a music teacher's idea that I took a centers activity at at FMEA this past year and she said do the game with them like one time and then like do each game with them and then split them into centers and do the game so if you have them play the game first for a couple minutes and maybe the following week you do the centers. So that's kind of a cool thing. You can find bunches of escape rooms that will review all kinds of different things. So that's another fun thing to do. I love to do karaoke day. So um, we have a couple of stipulations there. The kids have to pick a song from your song list and that way you're, you're keeping things appropriate. And I try to make it like a really long song list. If you just search list of clean pop songs for the elementary classroom, you're going to find a ton of stuff. And then they are going to pick something. And I say to them, <clears throat> you can sing with a group, you can sing by yourself, or you can be part of the audience. So that is karaoke day. You can do clapping games, movement meet and greet, Line dancing is a fantastic thing to do during testing week. You have to keep the music kind of soft probably, but line dancing is great. And then if you have not discovered Mr. Henry's four corners options or his the music floor is lava options, they are gold. They're like 12 to 15 minutes long and it is the best learning because he adds all this great learning into it, but they think they're just playing a game and having fun. It is, I'm telling you, gold. Totally look that up. Then you can do quiet games. For example, Whisper Day, where all talking is done in very quiet voices, or tiptoe movement. That's kind of fun. My littles especially love that. 
the silent game is great. And you could do telephone with musical words and phrases. You're gonna come up with these and they're gonna get in their line and they're gonna do telephone that way. Or you can do yoga poses and statues to quiet music. I mean, the list goes on and on. So testing time is a super challenging part of the school year for everyone, not just you, for everyone, because you're tired, your kiddos are tired, everybody's brain fried this time of the year, and no one wants to work very hard. So I say review, 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 and have some fun. Well, that's all I have for you today. But before I go, let me remind you, keep learning, keep growing, and keep being fabulous you.